weekday on Strive and Double Feature Presents. Howling 2 and 7-2, episode 41. This was a minute-by-minute podcast, but now it's going to be a five-minute-at-a-time podcast, I think. I've recorded the, the episode 41s of 70s Friends of Frankenstein and Spooky Men Spend a Ghost House, so things seem to have gone well there. So what's happening is we're, we're bumping ahead from one minute at a time to five minutes at a time. So we're basically covering, if you have, like, I have the laser disc of Howling uh, New Moon Rising, so I'm at... I'm starting this one at 40.01 and going to 45. So, I mean, it's 41 through 45 of Howling. It begins with um, uh, Ted about to do something clever, I think, with two drunk guys. Uh, and one of the drunk guys looks a bit like the um, the dad from that 70s show or the, one of the bad guys from Robocop. You know the guy I'm thinking of. Uh, and they're about to do something, and it's going to be hilarious. And in Howling 2, actually, they were just wandering through a bunch of... Um, uh, they were wandering through like a Transylvania street or wherever they are, and there were a lot of babushkas. So we didn't really have much to, to nail down there. Um, but, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to start with Howling 2, um, and uh, we're going to do five minutes. And I'm not going to play the audio from these, because simply because that would be like, say this episode was, was 25 minutes, it would suddenly be 35 with the audio, and it's ridiculous, especially if... Like I think the Howling Seven is going to be a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, the Howlings, I think, have been Howling Seven have been fun to listen to, but the Howling, I feel like, will get a lot of music and growling and things like that. And five minutes in a row, you want to do that seriously? I mean, I could, I could try one episode where maybe I just do, I play you a minute, talk about it, play you another minute, talk about it, boom, 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 and I go through. Maybe that, maybe later on, maybe where we're futzing around with the format right now. So let's see where we go here. Um, but but we are starting here, and what I'm going to do is is we we are where we are in Howling Two. I just told you I'm going to play about ten seconds of something for you. I haven't decided yet. A little music, a little silence, maybe just me growling heartily into the microphone, and then after the ten seconds, we will talk about uh, forty-one through forty-five of Howling Two. Your sister is a werewolf. That's not the theme. But um, if if the people who made my demon lover had made Howling Two, that would have been the theme. But the Howling Two, you know the theme for Howling Two. You just heard it a few minutes ago. So l- l- listen to this. Now's the time to be getting your copy of the movie and watching and enjoying these five minutes. All right. As I said, this begins uh, with the festival and the guy watching them, and then they go into their hotel and uh, they have a little. <laughs> and we see a quick shot of like a guy with with fangs, um, and uh, the um, then then we we see that the um, the guy standing outside um, can can smell the love in the air with his wolf um, wolf schnoz, and he ends up biting a lady who he's sort of dancing with, and then. Uh, when the two of them step out of their hotel a little while later, there is a dwarf there who beckons to them and takes them to a church, which looks a lot like the church from the opening funeral scene. And Christopher Lee is there, and he's he's got like three kind of old, slightly dirty guys with him, sort of his posse. And he basically explains uh, what's going on, gives them a picture of the, the, the not Sybil Danny, but the other main werewolf lady, the one who came over from America, and gives them a little medallion thing and says... Um, basically sends them into the festival um and we last see them wandering around the festival and they stop and they're gonna watch sort of looks like a punch and judy or a little red riding hood kind of thing um a puppet show thing and that's the way the 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 minute ends um it's a 
I will say, yeah, we've had now we've had a werewolf sex scene, and we've had a um, a human sex scene, um, and Red Brown does keep his pants on, and um, he's kind of holding Jenny up, and she's against the wall, and it's tough to tell. It she it looks like she may not be wearing anything, but it's tough to tell because Reb's kind of overpowering her. Her, you know, you can't you can't see around him and see her, but he's he's definitely got his pants on. But the power pants, man, they're power pants. It's too bad he wouldn't go down to like a little, you know, shove his behind or a little little pair of little pair of shorts on or something. But no, he's full on the jeans, and um, maybe he's very discreet. He's like, I just like to unzip it a little, and just whoop, you know, I don't like to get full on. Um, but it's funny, yeah, that's we've had two sex scenes in the movie now. Well. I, we had some fooling around earlier, but but uh, not nothing really much. But we've had the two sex scenes close close to one another here, and boy, um, they're not sexy in any any way, shape, or form. It is it is kind of amusing to like when the when the main werewolf guy sniffs the air and is like yeah, and gets a little excited. But um, overall, it's done very quick and it's done kind of almost silly too. Like like he's Philip Philippe Mora is kind of goofing around with it. There's some weird wipes in the scenes and that like the cut to the uh werewolfy guy who actually looks more like a vampire um because he's not hairy at all i mean he's hairy where you know eyebrows and head on top of his head but um it, it, it feels a little goofy actually the scene um and uh yeah i mean the other scene was way too hairy for my tastes and this one is just um i mean the fact that Red Brown doesn't take his pants off and he's just basically holding her up kind of blocking her body against the wall holding her against the wall um, and they just kind of woo yeah woo yeah for like 20 seconds isn't um, I mean I don't I don't see any preparation or anything like that, like that at all <laughs> and they do I do like when they when they sort of sit down in the bed, the bed and they begin to fool around kick the suitcase off it it's very awkwardly done you can't, you can't quite tell what they're doing I mean I'm wondering if it's meant to be sort of like um I don't know, some sort of animal, uh, other kind of animal, like the way they kind of like pick, pick at one another, like it looks like they're going to kiss, but they kind of and it ends up looking a little weird. Yeah, then, then they fool around, then they go out and, and head off to the church, and, and Christopher Lee gives us some exposition and, and some other stuff, and it's it's funny that the scene with Christopher Lee, it's like, oh, there he is, uh, but it's, it's not a terribly interesting scene. I wish we'd gotten a werewolf attack or something like that. It is nice to see that Red Brown's character still has a bit of... Um, not disbelief, but um, well, maybe disbelief uh, throughout the the conversation, because you know, well, do you know, didn't didn't you see that huge werewolf in the back of your car or something like that? And he's 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 still a bit um, not not quite buying into all of it, although he should be probably. Let's see, and he does have Chris really does have nice headshots of that one woman. I'd love that guy, his posse, in the background. I expect I expected them to, in the minute to almost be like like um like Baron Munchausen's guys, you know, in the Gilliam's Adventures of Baron Munchausen. You know, they kind of look a little scruffy, but then when they actually get going, they're like, amazing! I thought something like that was going to happen. Like, this this guy looks like an old drunk priest, but he can leap over the church, you know, or something like that. But um, it doesn't happen, which is unfortunate. Uh, but then they go back into the festival, um, and, uh, boy, I mean, I guess the festival just goes on with it. I mean, it's just... It's one of those festivals where there doesn't, you know, there there isn't like um, you know, like a polka band or something playing on a stage. Woo, you know, the Walensky brothers are here and they're gonna rock you. 
Uh, but um, and it it just looks like a a, a a melee of stuff happening on the street. You know, they blocked off a uh, they 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 blocked off a a city block or or whatever they are block, and um, uh, they just close it off and they just just bring your stuff. Well, where do we go? Where do we set up? Just set up wherever. You know, someone might dance through your stuff, or something might happen. Or, but but then that that little that stage, uh, it's not a little stage. That stage at the show, little. I don't know why I keep saying little. That stage at that show is happening out at the end of the five minutes. Looks pretty large. Um, but there's a. Uh, but we'll find out more next time what's going on. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, I'm glad we covered the five minutes here. Um, there isn't really much more to say, right? I mean, they, they go in there, they fool around, it's kind of half-assed, and then Christopher Lee just talks to, talks at them for two minutes, and then they wander through the festival a bit. There's, there's really not a lot going on. Um, but, but of course, obviously, the um, the main werewolf guy is keeping an eye on him, and we know that something, you know, something is going to be happening soon, probably at the festival. I've forgotten myself what exactly is going on, but, um, you know, it's cool, it's cool to, it was cool, it was cool to cover five minutes, and so we got a little nookie, we got um, the an update, and now leading into the next sort of segment of the film, hopefully. So that's that. That's kind of all I got for this. Um, I go into more of like Christopher Lee's um, chatter to them, but I just I found it a little dull actually, mostly because I um I felt like we'd been here before. Uh, already, <laughs> and that church, like I said, looked like the church from the er- the earlier funeral scene. So I felt like we really had been here already, and the um, and just those guys standing in the background—they were such a fun bunch, and I wish we could have spent more time with them. Uh, maybe we will. I forgot. Um, but anyway, that's that's the that's five minutes of of, of howling to your sisters aware of, and so we'll start minute forty six with the next one with them at the festival about to watch. It looks like a little Red Riding Hood type puppet, Punch and Judy type puppet thing, and um, let us go to Howling New Moon Rising, and we left off with um, the, those two drunk guys trying to pick on Ted. Come here, smart ass. Oh, you reckon I'm smart? No, I think you're a smart ass those two guys so let me play you a little bit of this or play you a little bit of nothing and I'll be on the other side to talk have you watched the five minutes that we're about to talk about I think you should go on right now we'll be waiting for you come on I keep forgetting it is Halloween this is still Halloween when this movie is set and so, so for this five minutes, we're going from, I don't think you're smart ass. I just think you're whatever the guy says. And, and, uh, Ted does his little thing. And then it ends with, um, Ted smooching with that lady. And she says, you know, I just, I'm, it's, this is too much for me. You know, I need, uh, I'm not yet. Could, could you please stop? And Ted says, of course. And she says, thank you. This means a lot to me. And, and the five minutes ends for at 45 minutes in, I'm looking at it right now. Ted, I think it's Ted, is walking away from her place. I'm not sure where she is. She lives in a nicer place. However, we do know that there is sort of like a palm tree there that before the start of the scene, the red strobing um, werewolf POV was looking at the palm tree. So the werewolf is right around there. So let's let's dive through these five minutes. Um... The, I love Ted's gag. The thing with Ted's gag is that one, 
it requires someone nearby to slide a bottle of beer along a very smooth floor to get there, which to me is... If this were like a Back to the Future film or something, I would have completely bought into that. But this is almost like when the guy slides the beer along the floor, I'm like, that's going to fall over, that's going to fall over, but it doesn't. So I guess I'm okay. And it is the guy he just talked to about Elvis Costello, who happens to have some beer nearby, who happens to hear it. Um, the, the, problem, the problem with Ted's trick, yeah, is that one, you need the guy with the beer nearby. And this doesn't quite do that. Like a lot of these bits, it feels a little clumsy. Like, maybe this is what actually happened. Maybe Clive Turner was there uh, living with everyone for a while, and this happened. And he had talked to a guy, and he kind of looked over at the guy and said, you know, like, slide your beer, slide your beer, slide your beer. And the guy slid the beer, and maybe this is what happened. I guess those guys, those two guys are really drunk that they can't see someone sliding a beer across the floor like that. Now I know I'm ruining cinema by saying that, but but that's 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 not the point. That's not the point of what I'm doing here. So it's not to ruin everything, but it's like it's charming. It's an extremely charming scene, and and Ted wins, and they get the 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 tip goes in the drawer, and um, what's his name? The big sort of Eastern European guy throws the two guys. I'm gonna get back at that guy. Uh, he might not. Um, th- that was the the jerk who got bested, not the Eastern European guy. Saying, "I'm gonna get back at that guy," um, but it's a fun scene. The problem with it is it's the <laughs> the editing's a little off. So what ends up happening is he says, "I'll drink the beer under that." So what? Ha- so here we go. Here we go. If you haven't watched it, if you watched it, forgive me. If you haven't watched it, what happens is Ted pours a shot of beer into a shot glass, sets it down, takes off his hat, puts it over the beer, and says, I can drink that beer without touching my hat. And the guys, the drunk guys, throw down a bunch of uh, money, which Ted eventually puts in the the shot glass. And I'm sorry, in the tip glass, and that's shot glass, he drinks from the shot glass, he puts in the tip glass at the bar, remembering it's still Halloween. And so what happens is, Ted says, I'm going to drink it from under the table. And so he, he, he kneels down and kind of looks towards the guy he was talking about Elvis Costello with in the previous minute. That guy puts a light beer of some variety on the floor, slides it along the ground, Ted grabs it, fills his mouth with beer, stands up, grabs a shot glass on the table, and these guys have shot glasses and like eight empty bottles of beer on the table, grabs a shot glass on the table, spits the beer into the shot glass, and says, there, I drank it. And the guy says, and and what's supposed to happen is, the guy says, no you didn't, lifts up the hat, the shot glass is still full, He Ted grabs it, drinks it, and says, all without touching my hat. The problem is, the guy picks up the hat, and Ted grabs his hat first, and then grabs the shot glass and drinks, and says, all without touching my hat, but he touches his hat. He touches the hat. It's a sharp joke that is done incorrectly, because... because you kind of feel for the guys because you knew what he was up to, 
but he shouldn't have grabbed his hat first. And and Yarrow, or whatever his name is, throws them out, and he puts the, the tip in the thing. And it's, it's a fun scene, and then it's followed by a minute and a half of Pappy singing, Stand up, justify, stand up. Have you ever been there? Stand up. J- j- stand, I'm standing up. I'm, I'm falling. I'm, I'm standing up a lot during that. But it's Pappy does a song that's about a minute and a half. <laughs> and you see in the front row a lot of the members of the cast. And the bouncer guy um, kind of wanders by at one point like he's monitoring something but isn't really doing anything. And Harriet's there. And they have a good time. And they have a good time, and they sing stand up, and it's super, it's super fun. I mean, because again, we are forty three minutes into a werewolf movie that's ninety minutes long, and no one cares about the werewolf. I mean, maybe there should hit a point, like werewolves on wheels. If you're forty five minutes into werewolves on wheels, and there really hasn't been a werewolf on, werewolf on wheels, maybe you should look at what the movie's doing rather than what it's titled. Godzilla films are similar. You know, you watch a Godzilla film and it spends two-thirds of it without Godzilla. Maybe you should forget the title and watch what the movie is. I mean, I don't know. Does does the title... I mean, when I was a kid and and, and beyond, and, and maybe not to this day, but when I wrote so much fiction, so much beautiful fiction that's all in the toilet and then you'll sadly all never read, but maybe one day... Um, if I can find it, I've, I've written so much fiction. But one of my things with fiction is I would just, I would just write a, a few words. I would write a phrase. I would get something in my head and I would write it down and then write the story off of that. And so the phrase or the or the the phrase the title meant nothing. It was just some. It was just something at the start. And I mean, I had a teacher once in eleventh grade back in high school ask me what the title meant of a story I wrote. And I said to her, what do you think it means? And she told me. And I said, that's great. The title doesn't actually mean anything. I came up with the title, and the next image I had in my head was the first sentence I wrote, and then I went from there. So the title doesn't mean anything. And you know what? She didn't come up and bend me over her knee, pull my pants down, and slap my fucking ass with a, with a switch. She, um, she... She said, wow, that's incredible. I love that. She loved that. Um, There's some people, I think, who don't understand creative stuff and and others who do. And I think the people who don't understand are in charge. So if you're a creative person, good luck. You might be fucked. So the next sequence is the priest and the cop talking about looking for the woman who went missing earlier on. And that they haven't found her, but she may have changed form. She may have assumed another form. So that is that the woman from Howling 6 that we see. I recently watched Howling 6 for the first time. Here's the thing. I want to talk about the Howlings. Uh, we're, we're doing, obviously, 2 is on here. But I recently rewatched 4 and 6. And um, 6 was incredible. 4 is co-written by Clive Turner. So you can put that in your pocket. Um, but I would love to watch, I don't know if I need to watch one again, but I definitely need to watch three and five and finish four. I, uh, I didn't finish four, actually. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I lied to you there. And I'd like to do The Howling Rebirth, which I guess is eight. But um, I'd love to do that because 
after watching the first half of Howling, the, the original Nightmare, Howling 4 and Howling 6, Howling 7 didn't seem as weird to me. This film doesn't seem as weird to me now as now as it did. Yeah, yeah, I mean, all the all the asides and all the gags and all the inside goofballery seems weird. But it doesn't seem as incredibly odd to me or out of place to me because I forgot Howling I forgot I never watched it it turned out Howling 6 takes place in the desert like Howling 7 so having them looking for someone they saw in Howling 6 and Howling 7 makes a lot of sense because we're all in the desert so that was my mistake everyone so I'm going to try to in the next few episodes rewatch uh, 3 and finish watching 4 and rewatch 4 I know 5 5 is in the Hungarian castle and it's snowing and it's, it's 10 little Indians um, but but I'll, I'll rewatch what I can but so there's that brief chat between the cop and the priest which doesn't advance anything but which kind of implies something when we cut to the red um, uh, uh, werewolf POV but then we see Ted and his lady sitting chatting and like I said they're like okay yeah don't it's just too much for me right now and he gets up and he's He's, he has a bit of a huh face on, but then he's like, I understand. And he goes and he leaves. And at the end of the five minutes, he's, he's walking away. So what have we learned from these five minutes? Uh, Pappy can throw out a good song when he wants to. I feel like the, he, I feel like Pappy may have had a limited uh, repertoire. And this is maybe like like once a week, if you're lucky, he'll do stand up. And it, it, only, goes out for, it only goes out for two minutes, but it still rocks. And um, Ted does his joke, and I like that. I mean, she, she, the gal he's smooshing with loves the joke he does. I I think he does it a bit wrong, but and interesting. I'll I'll say this and I'll wrap up. Um, and oh, and there is more with the um the priest's um secretary who's like, he's here to see you. I said I I asked him to see me. Oh, oh, he's in here. You asked me to come in here. Oh, did I? And she's like, I don't, I don't, I don't. She sounds like she's from wherever Ted is from. So maybe he's giving her some gags. Maybe he's Ted's wife. Oh my gosh, maybe, right? I don't know. Clive, uh, Clive Turner's wife. So uh, let's just wrap up here with, um, yeah, where are we? So I guess, I guess maybe Ted is about to get attacked by the werewolf. I don't know. At this point, we are more than halfway through the film, and I'm so glad that we've done this in Howling 2 um, like this, because we're jumping ahead. We're jumping ahead. So I'm going to stop now. We'll be next with Howling, uh, Howling 2 and 72, episode 42, which will cover minutes 46 through 50. All kinds of great shit is going to happen. You are going to love it. Listen to this. Listen to this.